Oh, hello everyone on planet Earth. It's me again, your best friend, O. Jeremiah. Benjamin Franklin, the famous kite enthusiast, he has a saying that I'm going to say right now in a very poor attempt to sound prolific as I set up today's podcast. Here we go. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. In today's podcast, it's, it's about Circles, which is the sixth song off of the album. And it's about one of Benjamin Franklin's certain promises that this world has to offer. Taxes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's it's that's a joke, and I'm and I joke because I don't want to talk about death for seven minutes and bum everyone out who listens to this. You know, people get really squirmy when we start talking about the river sticks. I mean, one of the first memories I ever had of my father is him telling me about the day he learned about death. He said it changed him forever. He thinks about death more than anybody I've ever met, and I think I love him more for that. He remembers the time and the place he realized everyone has a day that their life's milk goes bad. I don't think it scares him like it used to, but I do think he still thinks about it, maybe even every day. If you know me, you know I think my dad is awesome, but I'm not convinced that death is. This is the story of the time I got to meet death, or at least dip my feet in the river that leads to his house. I met Aaron at a Mexican restaurant called Caliente Grill in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I recognized her from a picture on the internet, and I turned on the charm. Then she played the ultimate version of Hard to Get by running up to the mountains for a month in what people call music camp. So I waited patiently for her arrival so I could continue wooing her. I practiced all my lines in the mirror for when she got back. Oh, you like my hair? I just got it dyed. Clear. <laughs> it was awful. I even got, I even hit the gym for her arrival. I weighed 165 pounds of pure, lean, middle-class muscle. And I know if that seems irrelevant right now, don't worry. It's going to come up later. She got back, and to cut it short, we started dating. It worked. And it was really going well. I opened the door for her, and I made her wear my jacket when it was cold. Um, and even when it wasn't cold, just so people thought I was a gentleman. I don't care if it's August. Put it on. I knew pretty quickly that she could be the real deal. I wanted my mom to meet her. I wanted to meet her mom. I wanted our moms to meet each other and talk about other people's moms. That's how serious it was. And then a funny thing happened. I got my first kidney stone. Mazel tov. And I'll try to keep this part short since it's a little PG-13, but if you've ever had a kidney stone, you know that I had every right to be a petrified little kitten. Aaron came with me to the emergency room, and the sweet Dr. Patel, he assured me everything was going to be fine. His tiny black and white bow tie reassured me. He did the test and the x-ray, and it turns out the reason I was in so much pain is because my body had already passed it, which was awkward good news, right? He patted me on the back and we left. Aaron made a little bit of fun of me and all was well with the world. A week went by and then I got a huge fever. I couldn't hold any food down and something was just oddly unnerving. I gave it a few days and then a migraine just decided to move in to my head and make it known that he had no plans of leaving. 
So Aaron and I, after less than a month of dating, we made our second trip to the hospital. This time, it was not as cute as the first time. There was no sweet Dr. Patel with a black and white bow tie, and there was no leaving after an hour of talking about my frequent urination. As soon as I stepped on the scale, they told me I weighed 153 pounds. Had I really lost over 10 pounds in a week and a half? Can people just do that? They were convinced it was a severe version of the flu. They gave me a shot, and then they gave me these little pills that had words I couldn't pronounce, and then they just sent me home. Two weeks went by, and my migraine only got worse. He brought his friends. The only thing I could hold down was the broth of soup or whatever Aaron was shoving down my throat to, to keep me eating. I couldn't focus, and I stopped remembering things. It was time for our third trip to the doctor, and we hadn't even been together a month. Okay, so I don't really remember this next part, so I'm going to have to go with what people told me after. Apparently during this trip, I actually met Aaron's mom, and Aaron met my mom. And Aaron's mom and my mom actually met. Aaron's mom, Mickey, she made the trip out to check on me. She's a nurse practitioner, and Aaron apparently is a tattletale, and told on me. My mom has no history of the medical profession, but she does have this weird quirk where she won't let me die before her. It's really annoying. I don't understand it. Maybe it's an insurance thing. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Anyway, what I do remember is that when they weighed me on the third trip to the doctor, I weighed 143 pounds. It was the first time I'd ever felt really scared. Scared that maybe something was so wrong that I may not make it out. The dark shadow started walking behind me in the hospital, and he waited for his turn to talk. When the doctor told me that I had the West Nile virus, I remember thinking, I haven't done enough. I should have traveled more. But man, how awesome is Erin that she, she was here the whole time. In the month we'd been dating, she'd seen me at my best and my absolute worst. I was wrong. The ultimate hard to get isn't going to music camp in the mountains. It's taking a long vacation to the river sticks. And that is what inspired the song. It's a story that came to me without warning. It jumped into my head like the migraine from West Nile, and it never left. I love the idea of creating a story about death where he's the hero. I wanted to tell the story the same way my hero Josh Ritter or Bruce Springsteen would tell it. If it needed to be a 90-minute rock opera, I was going to write a 90-minute rock opera. Circles, it's one of those gifts from the creative muse that comes without warning. As long as you just sit open-handed and accept it, it gives it to you, and then it leaves. And every night when I play this song, I see it all over again. It's like someone sets up a projector and I get to watch the film over and over every night on stage. If you're listening to this and someone in your life holds your hand as you dip your toes in the river and you're lucky enough to make it out, marry them. It's the best thing you'll ever do. This song is called Circles. Thank you.